Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Everybody, welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. My name is Matt. I'm Dory. Um, thanks so much for still being here, listening to us talk about this thing that we decided we would try four or five times. And now that it's finally here, we're terrified. I speak only for myself. <laughs> Matt's terrified. Yeah, I mean, come on. It's coming soon. I feel like it's really starting to hit home for you. Well, it didn't until the hospital tour. Yeah, you were really shook by that. I really was. I was very quiet. Yes, you were very quiet. You weren't like the man taking copious notes, asking a lot of questions. No, he was taking a lot of notes. A lot of notes. I didn't really have any questions uh, that weren't explained yeah i have some questions you did you had a couple 
I mean, let's recap. Uh, this week, you got your blood glucose test on Tuesday. Yep. And I, I don't have gestational diabetes. Woohoo. Woohoo. I mean, I didn't think I did, but also there's no symptoms, says my doctor, unless it's like really bad. So I was like, I guess I could have it. Sure. Um, but it's a relief that I don't. Also, they checked my iron levels. I'm not anemic. That's great. And my thyroid's in good shape. So I'm, I'm, I'm on board. I'm doing okay. And we, you know. Are you taking Synthroid still or did she ta- stop you? I'm on still that? taking the Synthroid. Okay. Um, but I'm taking it in the morning now with my Wellbutrin. Yes. Because she was like, you don't need to be waking up in the middle of the night to take it. Yeah, that was a thing you were doing yep. for a while. Um, my doctor was away on Tuesday. So I saw another doctor in the same practice um, who was lovely mm-hmm. and heard the heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's all very like. When's the next appointment? Standard in a weird way. The next appointment is, I believe, the end of the month. Okie dokie. 32 weeks. Sure. Um, Oy. The 26th. Is and that is when you weeks. have to come to because yeah. it's an ultrasound. Ay, ay, ay. But it's first thing in the morning. Uh, okay. Oops. Thanks. Thanks, notifications. That was me. Oh. Uh, Dory and I are recording during the Super Bowl. So if you hear anything, it sounds like uh, aggressive text messaging or whatever. It's it's probably that. So you can uh, turn off your notifications. I apologize. Uh, sure, I could do that. Yeah, I don't know that I can. Oh, I'll hit that button. Okay. Anyway, where were we? Um, we were talking about the doctor and the tests and how, like, knock on wood, everything, everything since going through five rounds of IVF and being really sick first trimester has been going really well. Yeah. Uh, look, I think it's just uh, that we were so conditioned to have so many problems yes. uh, along the lines that um, we decided uh, to uh, uh, accept the fact that uh, our monitoring is not as frequent and our uh, contact with doctors is not as uh, constant. And, you know, we're sort of left in the lurch here. I mean... I don't know. It is what it is. I, I've kind of made peace with it, especially now that I can feel him. Yeah. Um, oh, I also somehow lost a pound. Is that not good? And he he was like, "Oh, your weight's stable. That's good. That's good." So, that look, was, I you know good. I think you're doing great with the pregnancy as Thank far you. as your um, staying active. I'm trying. Uh, you know. You're 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 fighting off the bouts of tiredness. Yep. In a in a in an admirable way. Thank you. You're doing a lot around the house. You know, you're dealing with Bo a lot. It's appreciated. Thank you, honey. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's uh, the timing. You know, everyone's like, "This is great timing," and I'm like, "It's not that great a timing because this is the busy part of work for me." Yeah, but at least the baby isn't here now. If the baby was here now, I would not be at work. I'd be on maternity leave. Yeah, but you probably uh, would, you would probably only feel comfortable taking like two weeks. Two and a half. Yeah, so. 
I feel better that you will be on hiatus when this baby comes. Sure. Um, okay. Yeah. So that, that's all, all that's everything, all those, uh, you know, we kicked the tires. Everything's good there. Yeah. And then hospital uh, tour. Happened. Yesterday we did the hospital tour and as we were on our way over, Matt's like, what is the point of this thing? What, why are we doing this? Well, I got to be honest with you. I didn't find it that helpful. I did. Yeah. I'm gl- but I'm, you know, I'm glad that we went and that you found it helpful. Like for me it was just odd to just be like this is this is our maternity wing. Uh-huh. Oh, it wasn't odd for me. Yeah. I felt like it was like, okay, like now I know what to expect. Sure. It's not like I'm going in totally blind. Also like we know where to park. Well, I'll, I'll forget. P1 or P3? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Um, I just felt like situated. It was good to see the rooms. Cedars is, is nice. All the rooms are private. Like not every hospital has all private rooms. Yeah, that's true. There's a lovely cot for Matt to sleep on. I'd rather have the couch. Well, you can have the couch for labor, but then when I get moved into the postpartum room, you'll be on the cot. I'd rather they just move that couch over to the postpartum room. Well, you could ask. Um. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, afterwards you were like, you were you were shook. Well, it's just like everyone there seems to have family around. <laughs> you know, that's what I mean? not true. I'm just saying that it feels like that to me. It just feels. Uh, it feel. I'm a little overwhelmed with the prospect of of dealing with the, this uh, two people that are going to need me. And it's just me. And a dog. So. We've hired. Yeah. I mean, and a dog that help. won't. Uh, a dog that won't accept other human beings. You it's know. getting better. Yeah. But like, you know, like you said, if we're not here. And we like we have to go to the hospital at, at four o'clock in the morning. And Mary Jane somehow is not around that day. Like, it's like who the hell's going to go get the dog or feed the dog or let the dog out? Kate? Yeah, maybe if she'd be kind enough. I don't know. Um, yeah. So or Sammy. The, He's getting to know Sammy. Sure. The isolation of being out here versus having all of our family uh, on the East Coast slash Texas is uh, starting to get to me. So... Yeah, no. A lot of people have help. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have relatives around, cousins. Yeah, but a lot of people don't, especially out here. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's just hard to think about. It's not hard to think about. I can think about it. Um, but yeah, it's a little overwhelming. Everything's overwhelming. What are we doing? I mean, it's not like it's not overwhelming. I mean, I'm overwhelmed for sure. Yeah. You got overwhelmed this morning. I did. With the boxes. Everything just seems so cluttered. Uh, Everything is cluttered. I mean, it's a cluttery, we're in a clutter state of uh, declutter. Yeah. You know? Yep. Hopefully we will get to a state of clutter-free zen once we properly thank our house. 
<laughs> I did sell four chairs. So Matt doesn't get to complain about the number of chairs but like, in the house But let anymore. me just ask you, what kind of a difference did it make getting rid of those four chairs as far as space is concerned? It made a big difference. Huge. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing with you. Okay. I'm just I'm saying. Just, I'm just updating. Why didn't we deserve to live like that I'm updating, when we were just two people? I'm updating everyone on the fact that I took the initiative to sell those chairs. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, Dory, you know, sold two of those chairs for $150 each, and they were the stupidest banes of my existence chairs ever. They were made of wicker. They were like mid-century modern, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, blah, 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 Walmart. Someone's going to like refinish them and sell them for like $750 each. Yeah, I don't doubt that. I mean, I could have refinished it, but I ain't got that kind of time. No. I was happy to be rid of them. I agree. Uh, so, you know, it's just going to be a little bit more of this sort of uh, whittling down of stuff, this purge that is uh, an ongoing activity. Um, got a great uh, crate and barrel uh, table for breakfast nook if anyone wants, wants a small table. Yeah, we're selling that too. It's been the bane of my existence since you bought it. It's a black, small, it's a black round, round table. table that... Matt currently has some clothes folded on. I didn't put those there. Oh. All right. Um, yeah. I don't know. And as the as the as the uh outpouring of uh baby registry uh Amazon boxes arrive. Um it's all it's all getting real. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. So, thanks everybody who has gotten this stuff. We have a lot of thank you notes to be writing. Yeah. Um, we got to start soon, otherwise it will get overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Somebody sent us a Back to the Future children's book, <laughs> which I didn't know existed, but I thought was very very sweet uh, gift. I can't wait to see how they in the children's book play the whole Marty's mother is attracted to him. They probably just skip it. <laughs> uh, yeah. We also got a shelf, elf shelf and a, and a bench on a bench to which Dory was like, I, the concept of this is uh, terrifying. And I said, yeah, it's not great, but look, you can still put them up on the mantle. Uh, They'll be more like decorations. Yeah. We'll have a, we'll have a decorative bench. Yep. And a decorative elf. And a decorative elf that will not move. No. Nor will we tell them that they're being be spied on. on them. <laughs> uh, I'll let them know that I have cameras around the house and I'm smart. <laughs> so don't need supernatural uh, beings to do that. No. I wonder who the mensch on the bench reports to. <laughs> Great question. Uh, your local rabbi? Hmm. Excellent question. The Hanukkah fairy? Excellent question. Yes, excellent question. Um, yeah. Got some nice blocks that have the solar system on them. So that our child will learn that uh, we are we are but the third planet from the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, look, it's all happening. No name yet. It's a little concerning. But not uh, probably not 
abnormal for people to not have a name yet this far out. Uh, yeah, I just worry about being gone or working a lot and missing this baby. And yeah, we'll see how we figure this out, how I deal with this scheduling, etc. Um, but yeah, the hospital was sort of a real sort of a tree shake of uh, realness. The idea of labor, uh, the idea of uh, this, this baby coming out, the skin to skin for an hour. I mean, Jesus. Thank God we have a doula. They've been around. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. How, I don't exactly know how long the doula stays around, but she stays through the whole labor. She stays like, I think she stays for like two hours after delivery. Where does she sleep? I don't know if she sleeps. Oh, well, that seems crazy. Also, like you don't know how long labor is going to be. I don't know anything. And, you know, she could maybe, like, snooze on the couch. You guys could take turns. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. I mean, thank God we live uh, 15 minutes from the hospital. Yeah, that is very nice. Like, even if it was rush hour, I don't think it would take us more than 20 minutes. Yeah. If we, as long as we take Oakwood, we'll be okay. Yeah. Everybody, don't take Oakwood. <laughs> when we go into labor. It's ours. Thank you. Um, yeah. just crazy it all feels crazy meanwhile back on the planet earth dory has something down here about a dog training schedule i do so you know we've been meeting with this dog trainer but we haven't been doing much training in between the sessions we have with her yes and i was finally i finally was like why am i not doing this and I was like, well, part of it is because Matt is at work all the time and like, I don't want to just be doing it myself. But then I was like, well, I think I'm just going to have to take this on. Like, this is just going to have to be a thing that I do because Matt is too busy. I mean, look at this weekend. Home. I've been gone. I've been podcast. I've done, what did I do? Two giant podcasts yesterday. Mm-hmm. We had the hospital tour in the middle yep. of those podcasts. Yep. And then this morning I was gone doing a podcast. And now we're here doing a podcast during the Super Bowl. Correct. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to have to like, like it's just going to have to be enough that Matt is able to come to most of the sessions. And I'll just have to take the initiative on this dog training stuff. But then I was like, but I'm feeling overwhelmed by this dog training stuff. Why am I feeling overwhelmed by it? And then I realized feeling overwhelmed because it feels like she gave us a thousand things to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a sense of like what I should be working on at any given time. And yeah. it feels random. So I, I said that to her. I emailed that to her. I was like, it would be really helpful if you could help us with like a schedule or help us figure out like priorities. And so she sent me like this long email about how to do a schedule. So I put a schedule on the weekly dry erase board that we don't use. The with, weekly one, which is, yeah, the one that is just seven days on it. Yes. Yeah. So um, I decided, and she was like, look, you, you know, if you're doing like muzzle training, you don't need to do more than two minutes. Yeah. Like, that's fine. Um, 
And so I came up with a schedule that incorporates all of the tasks that we're supposed to be working on with him and which are a relaxation protocol, muzzle training, having him exposed to sounds of a newborn crying Mm -hmm. and a baby laughing. Yep. Um, Heard those today, and I honestly thought you were like watching a video of your niece and nephew. No, I was exposing Bo to some noise. Mm -hmm. Um, Confinement behind a gate. Yeah. And confinement in a room. Yeah. Those are all the tasks. So I figured out like I could, I was like, okay, I think I can do three to four tasks a day. Yeah. And I came up with like a rotation. And then I also put in my calendar like when each day I'm going to do it. Because that was the other thing. I was like, I didn't have time set aside for it. That can always, you know, when you're not scheduling things, it can always sort of catch up on you. Totally. That you're not uh, able to get it done. Exactly. So now I have this checklist and I have the schedule and we did our relaxation protocol and muzzle and sounds today and it took 15 minutes Mm -hmm. and it was fine. He was actually good with the muzzle. I am like thrilled that... uh, you're feeling like it's a little bit more manageable. Yes, I am feeling like it's a little more under control. Because that was also stressing me out. I mean, it's hard. I mean, you know, I think about like uh, single mothers, and it's just like, how, how, how do you do that? It's insane. Yeah. So if you're out there listening, and you're a single mother, holy shit, you're amazing. Unless you're a terrible mother, to which case you're about what I would expect. Seems impossible. <laughs> That's a weird thing to say. Well, look, I don't want, uh, you know, a, a single mother who's out there who uh, beats her child oh, to be thinking I'm giving her props. Okay. But the rest of you out All there, right. you're amazing. Okay. <laughs> As Dory tries to get me off the subject. <laughs> um, okay. That being said, it's I'm going to talk about a little bit of the business here. Leave your Apple Podcast reviews, everybody. Uh, our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Excellent Adventure. Our website is excellentadventure.com. Our Patreon is patreon.com forward slash Excellent Adventure. Our Twitter is at Excellent Pod. Our email is dorianmatt at gmail.com and mattanddory at gmail.com. Our phone number is 413-461-BABY. If you'd like to follow Dory on Instagram, it is at Dory. If you'd like to follow me on Instagram, it is at Matt Myra. There you go. If you need pictures of Bo in a raincoat, that's the place to go. Uh, now, I feel like we haven't talked about IVF in so long. First IVF is the uh, first voicemails about IVF. Yeah. Uh, so that is my tee up and we'll be right back. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like you know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, well, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. All right, we are back and better than ever. Hello. Refreshed from uh. a wonderful night of sleep. <laughs> Um, all right, I'm going to play voicemail. Okay, this is about IVF, apparently. It sure is. Moment of happiness. Oh, whoops, sorry. She's Hold starting on. it in the okay, middle. Okay, wait, here we go. Hi, Matt and Dory. This is Aaron in New Jersey. I wanted to call and just share a moment of happiness in the world of what could be frustration and anxiety of infertility. Uh, and it's not even my own happiness. This is for somebody else that I'm just really excited about. Um, my, my own IVF daughter is nine months old, and she's been in physical therapy for about six months now. And at her appointment today, her physical therapist ran out really quickly for an important phone call. And when she came back, she said, I feel like I can share this with you because I know you've been through this. But I just got a call from my doctor and um, I'm pregnant after a round of infertility treatments. And um, it was just one of those moments where I don't think if I hadn't been open with her about what we'd been through that she probably would have felt that comfortable. Um, But bringing more stories of infertility out into the open so that people just normalize it more I think is so important and I feel like 
I probably wouldn't have had that courage if it weren't for you guys. So thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you for making this world a little bit happier when, you know, we're all so filled with stress and anxiety and fear and sadness uh, a lot of the time. So uh, I just wanted to, you know, let you know that you guys have really made a difference. Thanks and congratulations to you both. Bye-bye. I just love that. That is uh, so nice. It's very nice. And you're right. That person would not probably have told you that had they not had you not been so yeah. open about it i hope it's hope, like it's like paying it forward i hope the dialogue out there has been open thanks to this podcast and only this podcast <laughs> uh, all right we got a sort of similar ish email that i also wanted to read from trina Hi, Matt, Dory, and Bo. I listen to tons of podcasts, and this is my first time writing into one. Well, thank God you chose us. We are essentially built on listener <laughs> Feedback, responses. yes. Yeah. I learned about your podcast from Forever 35. Mm-hmm. Yay for a Dory referral. Seems like most people found you from one of Matt's podcasts. That's true. Well, he has been podcasting for much longer than me. Uh, yeah, this is uh, nine years ago. Today was the first Nerdist podcast Oh, my goodness. Recording. Wow. Yeah. And shortly thereafter, learned I would be needing to do IVF. I want to express what a comfort your podcast has been to me. I largely binged the whole podcast in a short period of time several months ago before beginning the IVF process. Now I'm still going through the IVF process and still listen every week. It is not a turnoff to me whatsoever that IVF worked for you too. I feel like listening to you too is like catching up with friends. I love your dynamic and the listener questions, and I'm heartbroken to think about the podcast ending, though I understand your concerns with the parenting podcast. Could you two perhaps interview others going through IVF and continue to answer slash facilitate listener questions? You both still know so much about IVF and have such a great base for doing that. Just wishing there was some way you two could continue a podcast together, even if it was on another topic. Thanks for reading, and I wish you all the best, no matter what you choose. Trina from Philadelphia. Look, there's dozens of topics we could be doing a podcast about. For instance, my love of... uh my pretend love of not having pancakes. <laughs> I made pancakes this morning because yeah. the baby inside me wanted pancakes. This is true. So I was like, I'm going to make pancakes. So I made some pancakes. And even though I cut the recipe in half, there were still a lot of pancakes. And so I asked Matt if he wanted some pancakes. And he said, no. I don't think so. I don't think so. And then I made the pancakes. All of a sudden, I wanted pancakes. And then... <laughs> Matt wanted pancakes. I don't know if that's if we could sustain that for a whole podcast. <laughs> uh, that's a big ask. Certainly, do a check in with each other every week. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. I, look, I don't know. I, I there's 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 nothing in the hopper per se, but you know, the idea of doing a dad podcast to me sounds somewhat appealing. Um, interviewing other people about IVF. I don't know. I feel like that's in a, more... In a world where we weren't... Weirdly, I'd be more inclined to do it if we were still struggling or had decided that it was not going to work for us and had moved on to something else. Here's what I would potentially do. Ooh, exclusive. I would do a podcast about how people have children period whether it's like a couple going through ivf a single dad adopting a you know what i mean like just yeah all the different ways that people have children 
I would do a podcast with that, just interviewing like so many different types of people. Mm-hmm. I wrote an article that was kind of like that for BuzzFeed, but it was more focused on like the financial costs. Right. Um, but I do find that like all pretty fascinating. Now, the issue, anytime you have a podcast that involves guests, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a whole other layer of scheduling scheduling and hassle. I mean, could you imagine if we had guests on Star Trek? Oh, it would be impossible. Yeah. Um, you know, a podcast even just with two hosts is often hard to schedule. Mm-hmm. And we're Matt and I are lucky that we live in the same house and we're married and makes it easier. Um, but I don't know. It's something I, yeah, I would think about it. I do enjoy that kind of thing. I could see myself doing it alone, though. Yeah. Because I feel like if I were trying to schedule around your schedule and a guest schedule, no. I'd want to kill myself. Yeah, it would be impossible. So, you know, maybe Matt will do his dad podcast and I'll do my how we make fam- how we make I don't want to say how do we make families because you can be a family without children. Um I want to think about this. All right. I think that the title might have sold her on the show. Well, you should pitch it to like a gimlet or something and really just get into it. You know, it could be one of the, you know, Kate and I have been talking sort of casually over the last few months about launching other podcasts. Yeah. Perhaps this could be the first one. Well, you know what else you could do too is, is, is include great podcasts like my dad's show. Yeah. Anyway. That would be cool. If only you... We just have to get you set up with some sort of network or server. Uh, all right. All right, Trina, thank you for your very thought-provoking email. Too um, thought-provoking. <laughs> it's funny because I feel like people have suggested that. Like when we were having our conversations about like, what should we do with the podcast? Like people definitely suggested that. Totally. I think, I think that the rub with continuing the podcast in that form would be a situation. It's The rub is my schedule and it always right. will be my schedule. So, But now that we're talking about sort of splitting up mm-hmm. just podcast wise, um, that's sort of a different animal. Right. Roar. <laughs> Uh, okay. This is from Jennifer. First of all, thank you, sir. Thank you for your podcast. I love the banter on and the real, real. Uh, while there have been many times that I wanted to pause and write in, uh, is anyone ever really ready? Finally made me do it. Husband and I have been together for eight and a half years. And while we are happily, really happy in our life the past year, I had a little voice in my head say, Hey, it's time for you to, uh, to add a kid to the life. My husband, uh, is not there, and based on his responses to questions and one really big fight, I have been left to wonder if he will ever be there. Uh, he has told me that he thinks one day he'll just say, hey, let's start trying. And for lack of a better term, a switch will turn on. I'm not so sure. Working with my therapist, I've had to ask really tough questions like, uh, would I be happy in this life not having kids? Would this be a deal breaker in the future? Would wanting kids be more important to me than continuing my life with him? Luckily, I have a really good therapist and have been able to voice these questions and concerns to my husband. I guess my question to you and the eggheads out there 
is when one partner was reluctant to start trying, what was the catalyst that made them go for it? What is the natural switch? Was it a natural switch or just, or was it something big? Still believe that kids are in our future and I will probably be scared as hell if it ever happens, but I also hope that we will be really good parents. He is my partner and I can't imagine going through life with him without, I'm sorry, going through life with anyone but him with kids or without. I think you just answered your own question. Yeah. Um, was there a switch? I don't know. I don't know if, if there was a switch on my end, I don't think it's gone off yet. Like, I'm like, I was never like, I need to have kids. I yeah, just kind you, of always assumed I would have kids. Right. It doesn't sound like that. Guy, this guy is even there though. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I think, uh, you know, our age has certainly helped. Mm-hmm. Um, anything, anything, uh, what about on your end? I mean, I wasn't totally sure I wanted kids until like my mid thirties. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I was sort of ambivalent. I think I felt like, well, I guess I'll probably have kids, but I wasn't like, wasn't like something I dreamed of mm-hmm. since I was, you know, whatever, young. Um, Must have been when you met me. That you were like, well, I mean, that was honestly a big part of it. Yeah. Because it was like, oh, I've actually met someone who I would like to have kids with. Yeah. Who I think would be a great dad. Hope so. And that was a big, you know, that was, that was big. And then also, like, my brother and sister started having kids. And those were, like, that was big, too. Well, they're younger than you, so that probably had some effect on you. Like, going like, oh, wait, I should probably try to do No, this. that wasn't it. It was more Damn like... It, so close. <laughs> it was more like, oh, these are kids that I'm, like, really close to and that are great. And I, like, I don't know. I want one. Well, I'd like you to have one, honey. Well, I think that's going to probably happen. Mazel tov. Congratulations. Thank you. We're going to have you have a baby. Uh, but if anyone out there has like any sort of, like, I'd like to hear a story from someone who had a switch go off and what the hell that was. Yeah. Send be us your story of the switch. <clears throat> All right. This is from Sam. Thank you, Jennifer. Hi, Matt and Dory. Maybe some people feel ready when they're having a baby, but since you never know how the birth will go or even when it will happen, a person can only do so much to prepare. You're going to have to roll with the punches no matter what. Just keep the mindset that you've got this. Sometimes having a baby sucks. They're the worst roommates. They don't pay rent. They leave a mess everywhere, but you already know, so it's worth it. Lastly, my husband suffered from prenatal and postpartum depression. He's a very supportive and hardworking partner, but an anxious individual who is a natural pessimist who hates having who hates asking for help. That sounds all very familiar. <laughs> Take care of yourself, Matt. Some things you mentioned uh, feeling reminded me of my husband. Please don't feel guilty if you struggle. Please ask for help. All right, I'll take it. You're def. I think you're definitely having some prenatal anxiety. I'm having that. About that. I. I, I I really wasn't until yesterday. Okay, well now you are. So you welcome. Know, every time in therapy, I never talked about it in therapy. 
Well, now you have something to talk about in therapy. I've always had stuff to talk about in therapy. <laughs> that's that's the difference. Uh, that's Sam from Saskat- Saskatoon, 750 square feet with two adults and a four-year-old and two 50-pound dogs and no closets. Holy shit. Wow. And it's probably real cold I, up there I would in assume. Saskatoon. I would assume. All right, I'm going to play voicemail. Okie dokie. Hey guys, it's the Gudge. Um, I'm just embracing it at this point. As you uh, should, you are so the Gudge. I the pod because Matt very clearly asked a non-rhetorical question, which is, are you ever ready? And the answer is, I don't think so. For me, the answer was no. Uh, and then as soon as you feel like you've got a handle on what's going on in the phase that you're in, then they shift to a new phase. And you feel like you don't know what's going on there. And when my oldest was in kindergarten, I was a very, like, relatively young parent compared to a lot of her friends' parents. Um, and now she's in high school, and my youngest is in second grade. And so now I'm, like, the old mom around hmm. all of these younger parents. And I still feel like they have their act together more than I do, even though that is absolutely not the case. It's just an assumption that we all make that everyone around us knows what they're doing and we're imposters and just faking as we go. And imposter syndrome is real in every single facet of most people's lives. But True. Um, no, you're never going to feel completely ready, but that doesn't mean you're not capable Mm. I mean, what's the statistic that men only apply for jobs that they're a hundred percent or 50% or more capable of, and women will only apply for a job if they're a hundred percent qualified for it. So I think there maybe is something to do with motherhood and fatherhood and parenting in that also, but in reverse, um, I don't know if that mm. makes any sense, it but does. I, I feel like interesting theory. It does to me. <laughs> I don't know. You've got my email address. Email me if I sound like an idiot. You don't, Gudge. Um, and I appreciate the one message that I sent one time when it was, like, rambling that you never played it. So, uh, yeah, thanks. Anyway, I'm almost out of time. We got your uh, back. The answer is no, but you're going to be fine anyway. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Thank you, the Gudge. That is an interesting theory. That is a great theory. Yeah. I like it. But that means you're 100% ready for this job, honey. Right? You've, you've applied to be a mother, and you're 100% qualified. No, I'm 50% qualified, but I don't care. Oh, I'm 50% and qualified. And you're actually 100% qualified, but you don't think you're qualified. Or, no, you are hundred. You will only apply if you're 100% qualified. Whereas I will apply no, if I'm 50% qualified. Men will apply to a job if they're only 50% qualified. Right. And women will only apply... If they are 100% qualified. Right. So, so what I'm men, saying here is men that feel like you're 100% qualified for motherhood. You've applied for this job of motherhood. So you are 100% qualified. And I only feel like I'm half qualified for it. So you're not even going to apply. That's, that's, that's what she's saying. She's no, saying, no, I'm applying. But that's not what she's saying. Oh. She's saying that when it comes to parenting... Men feel like they need to be 100% qualified yes. to be a parent, whereas women feel like they so need to be 50%. she has taken this job thing and reversed it. Yes, exactly. I'm going to say that is incorrect. I'm going to flip it back. It's just like the job <laughs> thing. 
I'm going to say that Dory's 100% qualified and I am only 50% confident in my abilities mm. as a father. Gudge, thanks for the call. Please call again. Anonymous, pregnancy question. Has a doctor ever told you you should avoid vibrator use while pregnant? That has not come up. Okay. Doctors usually say it's safe to resume your regular sex activity, right? Yep, they do say that. How oh, Into what trimester? Because there's a point where it's gross. That's rude. Yeah, just, I'm just afraid of the baby. You don't have to be afraid of the baby. I fear the baby. You don't have to fear the baby. I fear the baby. You don't have to fear the baby. I fear the baby. <laughs> uh, I awkwardly asked my doctor about... Like, it's basically like as long as you're comfortable, it's fine. Ooh. Well, I'm not comfortable because there's a baby right there. <laughs> uh, uh. I awkwardly asked my doctor about vibrators. She kind of recoiled a bit and said that she didn't recommend it. It's <laughs> your doctor from the 1890s. Uh, her rationale had to do with how vibrators impact could be similar to an ultrasound's impact on the baby. Oh, interesting. If the wavelength is as such. Um, anyway, she says, uh, and something about why ultrasounds aren't often done early in pregnancy, or maybe I'm misremembering. Anyways, I'd love to hear your thoughts uh, and your listeners' thoughts on the topic. Anyone have clinical knowledge or backgrounds about this? Thanks for all you guys do. I love listening to the podcast. That's Anonymous from Boston. I would love some actual knowledge about this. Yeah, because I certainly don't have any. And it's very. This gross sounds to me. a little cockamamie to me, but I don't oh, know. Oh, this doctor's reasoning? Yes. Yeah, sure. It sounds mm. insane. <laughs> I don't know. Is there a resonant frequency that a baby gets real bad, like, or real annoyed, or it bothers the baby? I don't know. I don't know. So. We need some we need some knowledge. Uh, okay. So here's Maria with some knowledge. With all the talk of negative ten parenting moments and hormones in the last few episodes, I wanted to give you a heads up about how ridiculous emotional postpartum days three and or four can be after nine months of your body getting used to these all these crazy pregnancy hormones. They all of a sudden just stop getting produced and you go into something akin to hormone withdrawal. Something I didn't know about until my daughter was around six months old and made me feel a lot better about the crying meltdown I had over not being served spaghetti. My parents and brothers all came to visit the day uh, for the day on day four. I invited my parents, who then also invited my brothers without telling me, not a big deal, but definitely a surprise when they showed up. My mom thoughtfully brought a spaghetti dinner for us all, one of my favorite meals. As dinner was approaching, I took my daughter upstairs uh, to feed her as I wasn't comfortable breastfeeding in front of everyone and came back down to discover they started without me. Oh, no. <laughs> Tiny slight couple of my surprised brothers on top of the sleep deprivation sent me over the edge to ugly, ugly crying ensued. Please be smarter than me and give yourself extra grace to do whatever you can to help yourself feel good on those days. Congratulations. Which you all the best uh, with the pregnancy and the baby. That's Maria uh, Bishop, who's got fifteen hundred square feet of fury, slightly, slightly more square footage than us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Fittage, I said. Quidditch, slightly more square quidditch. Honey, we got emails. Let's keep them going. Okay, I'm going to read this one from anonymous. Hello, I just heard the call from Anonymous and thought I would mention that there's a treatment on the horizon for postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. It has not been FDA approved yet, but the FDA advisory committee gave it a recommendation, which is typically acted on by the FDA. The drug is called Zulreso. 
Okay. Okay. And should hopefully be available fairly soon. I know that it's too late for anonymous, but could potentially be helpful to other listeners. Also, the same treatment is in trials for major depressive disorders, so possibly it will be available later on. I wish I had more advice for Anonymous. I do know that if you don't have good results after a number of drug therapies, you can be eligible for transcranial magnetic stimulation, TMS, which involves applying a strong magnetic field to your brain and has had very dramatic results for some people. And the effects when it works tend to be quite durable. Definitely speak with a psychiatrist, maybe more than one, as there are a lot of options out there and really promising new developments. Best of luck to Anonymous and anyone else dealing with this. Also, Anonymous. Do, 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 do. Um, before we get to another couple emails about this, we are going to take a short break. Oh, we are? Yep. Okay. BRB. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, we're back. Hello. It's time for some more emails. You guys have been great about sending them, and we appreciate that. So please don't think that the job is done and that so many people have emailed in that we don't need any more emails, because quite frankly, we got a show to do next week. <laughs> this is from Danielle. Hi, Matt and Dory. Responding to the anonymous caller about the PMDD as an expert on maternal mental health, I agree on both ideas, that women would benefit from individual therapy and meeting with a psychiatrist. OBs get very little training about psych meds. Another resource I would strongly recommend is anything by Alyssa Vitti. Uh, she wrote a book uh, called Woman Code and created the most amazing women's health app, which is called My Flow with a FLO, and that is not a progressive ad. Flow from Progressive. Mm, Stephanie Courtney. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I would encourage this couple to watch any of her talks on YouTube to see if her feelings align with them, uh, then getting the book and app uh, if it does. I use these resources with my clients who are struggling with hormonal issues. They learn how to adjust their lifestyle diet to address the hormonal symptoms. It can be found at flowliving.com. Also, what is this? What did you register for that is amazing? Milkies. Milkies are amazing. (laughs) I couldn't read that. It looked like a lot of eyes. Oh. Uh, And that is from Danielle Dr. Danielle D. Jenkins, licensed psychologist. Is that a doctor? I mean, what is the D? Doesn't it mean a doctor of psychology? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> You're the one with all the letters after her name. I don't have a side D. You have so many MMAs, martial, mixed martial arts. <laughs> yes, I'm a mixed martial artist. Uh, yeah, it's a doctor of psychology. Okay. All right, Doc. Great. Thanks for the email. Honey. Yes. There's a, there's a voicemail that has a similar thematic uh, yes. situation. I am going to play it right now. Hi, this is Megan, and I'm calling in response to the PMDD signal. Um, I suffered from PMDD for decades, and I know how debilitating it can be. So props 
to the guy who called in to try and help his wife after her OB kind of ran out of options. Mm -hmm. So I think the way that I've solved it is through a multi-prong approach. And it sounds like a lot, but it took years to get this in order. So the first thing I did was I had a super heavy flow. So I went gluten-free to try and deal with anemia because when half of your month is ruined from hormones, being tired on top of it doesn't help. So being gluten-free went a long way. Um, and then I got uh, endometrial ablation because I was done having children. And so that helped me not be so tired and have to manage a period on top of hormonal symptoms. Um, then last year, I had a food intolerance panel done because my children have some pretty intense food allergies. And it turns out that I can't tolerate wheat, casein, which is dairy, egg whites, corn, tomatoes, yeast, and chocolate. And so Whoa. I cut all of those out of my diet, which mm -hmm. was really intense, but 100% worth it. Because once I started adding these things back in, and intolerance is not an allergy, um, I could feel my hormones go crazy. I could feel anger come up. Um, so it went a long way. And getting those food intolerances out of my diet doesn't mean that they're going to be gone forever. It just means that I can have some of the things some of the time, just not all of them all the time. Um, also, my children were diagnosed with a genetic um, abnormality, a genetic mutation that doesn't allow them to process folic acid, and it doesn't allow them to methylize it, so they can't make serotonin, dopamine, or melatonin, which means what? you're not happy and you can't sleep or relax. And it's genetic, and so I have it too. And the way I fix that is I take a version of folic acid that's already methylated. I take the active, and if I don't take that, my PMDD is huge. Um, if you take it and you don't need it, I believe you just pee it out. I'm not sure, but it's it's like a no-risk thing to try. Um, I've gone to individual therapy. I currently do couples therapy with my husband with the same woman just as like a check-in. Um, to keep our marriage running smooth, and she recommend she recommended acupuncture, which was the final key for me. Um, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure it was making a difference. I stopped going for a couple of months, and it does. So that's a lot, but it's been worth it. I mean, the level of work I've put in has been worth it to have my life feeling like my life again and myself feeling like myself. She got cut off, but I think she's but pretty a, much but done. But a complete sentence right there. Yeah. That's a lot. Uh, she's been through a lot. A lot of, lot of, boy, oh boy. A lot of stuff you can't process there, huh? Yeah. Egg whites, too. Yeah. Um, we, we got a couple more recommendations about PMDD. Basically, the boil down to find a psychiatrist who specializes in PMDD and have them treat you. So anonymous caller, I hope that you are able to pass this along to your wife. Um, yeah. Honey, do you remember last week we were talking about how to talk to your baby and you were like, I'm going to talk to the baby like he's an adult. Not like he's an adult, but like he's a person. Mm, mm -hmm. It's not like I'm going to be like, what a fine day it is. <laughs> don't you agree, son? But you I'll don't... just be like, hey. Look, the weather's not bad. Let's go. We're gonna go for a walk, buddy. Well, we got some. That's how I would say. We got that. some emails about this. Yeah. 
This first one is from Nicole. Greetings from Philly. Mm-hmm. I'm a faithful listener, also a huge fan of Forever 35. Congratulations on your pregnancy. Your open and real discussions on the IVF process have helped me be a better friend to some close friends who have been through it. Anyway, I'm a pediatric speech language pathologist working in the early intervention setting with babies ages zero to three. I couldn't help but feel the need to respond to the notion of not using baby talk with your child and wanted to clarify a few points. Okay, let's hear it. In the interest you of are not, an expert. I in, will listen. In the interest of not giving parenting advice, I'd like to point out that infant-directed speech, that sing-songy affect humans use with babies across the world, is a natural and instinctive way to communicate with your child. Linguists have found that the rhythm of elongated vowels and high-pitched intonation from parent to baby help the infant learn the sounds of his or her native language. Hmm, Interesting. When babies are under the age of one, their speech perception systems start to become fine-tuned to absorbing characteristics of their native language. Infant-directed speech plays into this, and using it won't negatively impact your child's language development. It's natural and universal. Okay. Here are a couple fast facts I grabbed from this article on the American College of Pediatricians website. Several studies have found results showing that babies will pay attention longer to an adult using infant-directed speech than to adult-directed speech. Mm-hmm. Brain scans on infants revealed higher amounts of brain activity for babies listening to infant-directed speech than for normal speech. Interesting. Further research on infant-directed speech has found that children who were exposed to more infant-directed speech at age one tended to have a larger vocabulary at age two than children who were exposed to less. Also interesting. Now here's a warning. Do, please do not confuse infant-directed speech with actual baby talk, a.k.a. using the wrong sounds. Whittle wabbit, just say little rabbit, and omitting important grammatical structures. Baby go bye-bye, just say the baby goes bye-bye. Modeling these word forms and structures is usually frowned upon in my field when working with children who are late talkers, and hmm. I would advise against it. Well, I agree with most of what you said. I guess all of it, because you have facts from papers. <laughs> Um, that's very interesting. We also heard from, um, Wendell, who's a linguist. Ah, love it. Uh, when the topic of baby talk and child language development came up, I had to write in and contribute my very narrow area of expertise. Mm -hmm. Um, excuse me. The technical term for baby talk is child directed speech. Okay. So she kind of goes into the same thing that Nicole did. Yeah. I think Wendell's a, um, a he. Um, could be either one, actually, I think. I I know a, I know a female Wendell. Wow. Let's use they. Okay. the appropriate pronoun. Great. They. Um, again, it's really useful for early vocabulary learning, especially since one of the problems the baby has to figure out is where does one word end and the other word begin? Interesting. That's so interesting. And the sing-song quality of child-directed speech helps draw attention to the pattern of stressed and unstressed syllables in words that identifies them as individual words. Mm -hmm. This is fascinating. But speaking to young children the way you speak to adults is also important because child-directed speech typically only uses very simple sentences while regular adult speech involves a much broader range of sentence structures. So as children start figuring out how to understand and produce sentences, Hmm. having as much input as possible with a lot of different levels of complexity is really helpful. This is one of the reasons that reading to kids helps with their language development. My area of expertise is sounds and not sentences, but one of my coworkers has done a lot of research on this specific topic. Basically, kids' brains are amazingly well-suited to figuring out language, and giving them as much input as possible helps them do this. Correcting the mistakes they make as they are learning does absolutely nothing to help the process along and just makes everyone mad. Okay. Yes, honey? 
who's the they in that sentence? The babies. The babies are learning mistakes. So if the baby if the, is saying wabbit, but can clearly say are on other things, it's wrong to correct the baby sh- and say, hey, it's rabbit, buddy. You shouldn't, you shouldn't correct the baby. Interesting. Also, I second or third the caller who mentioned using some version of sign language with babies. It's so helpful. Children are cognitively able to understand what words are before they have enough fine motor coordination to produce speech sounds, but they have the manual dexterity to form signs earlier. Mm -hmm. Starting around eight months old, they can develop a vocabulary of a few different signs. Using this doesn't actually have an impact on their language development later, but it does provide the baby with a way of communicating their needs besides screaming their damn heads off, and that makes such an incredible difference. Best of luck as you prepare for the arrival of your tiny human. And then they have a couple of PSs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. P.S. Based on studies of fetal heart rate, researchers know that babies are already starting to absorb language input before birth. (laughs) At the stage in development that little Riker Myra is currently (laughs) at. I see what you did there. He can very likely tell the difference between Dory's voice and a stranger's voice and the difference between someone speaking English and someone speaking some other language. Hmm. That's crazy. That's wild. Well, you know, not only does he hear you talk, but you also record podcasts constantly with a baby in you. Oh, my gosh. You're talking all the time. And if one of you were to read the same story to him repeatedly, after a while, he would be able to tell the difference between hearing that familiar story and one he hadn't heard before. Mm. That is mind blowing. We should start reading to him. Yeah. Okay. Thought that might be fun for you to know. PPS, a small piece of unsolicited child care advice. Make sure you have some really, really good sound-canceling headphones. My dad was in the Air Force, and so he still had some of the heavy-duty ones that you wear around jet engines to keep from going completely deaf. I apparently was a frequently distressed baby, and because of those headphones, he was able to hold me and comfort me while I was incessantly screaming at approximately the volume of a jet engine. Yeah. He also trained for years in Buddhist monasteries and has near-infinite patience, and I suspect that he's actually either a... Soong type Android type or a Android. Vulcan. So your mileage may vary, but it seems like a useful tip nonetheless. Uh, you still want to say what gender Wendell is? Now I think you're making some stereotypes. Yeah, I am. Done. Are you saying men can't be Star Trek fans? Men can't be? <laughs> Honey, I was I kidding. I don't yeah. understand what you're saying. Uh, thank you, Wendell. This is uh, all very interesting. I want to do more reading on on baby language development. I'm excited about baby language development. It's my number one hobby. We still haven't picked a lullaby. Yes, we did. What? It's My Sweet Lord by George Harrison. Oh, okay. I picked it without you. Wow. I've been playing it for him while you sleep. Oh, my God. Just putting my noise-canceling headphones on your stuff. <laughs> um, all right. This is from Emily. Hi, guys. Dory, how did you manage to keep your prenatal vitamins down? I'm six weeks today and can barely brush my teeth without dry heaving. Um, I had to switch to gummies when I was feeling sick. Those I was able to keep down. I, I wasn't able to keep down the regular pills. Hmm. But when I switched to gummies that I took before bed, it seemed to be okay. But don't take them on an empty stomach, no matter what. There you go. That's my advice. Speaking of nausea, here comes a nausea-related voicemail. Hey, Matt and Dory. This is Catch from New York. Um, I love everything you're doing, but you don't need to hear about that. But here's the <laughs> thing. Um, I just had to pause the podcast because I've been powering through the show for the past, like, four months that we've been really looking down the barrel of IVF, and um, and now my partner has 
successfully become pregnant from IVF and we're eight weeks long. And Nicely really cool, done. She's been very, very nauseous and like as how my folks can relate and it's just been like the water thing like Dory's been mm-hmm. having to deal with and everything and I've just been like trying to help in any way and you know getting the preggy pops which are not even pops like not even lollipops or just lozenges but whatever you know you just <laughs> do whatever you can and um, my wife is brilliant like, yeah, and called her like 90 year old mom and we're like so like what did you do and you're nauseous and you're pregnant and she's like oh I ate celery and we've been, it's been celery town over here. So when really? Matt started talking about the celery holder, I've been thinking I need to find like a, <laughs> like a tabletop celery holder because of the, the amount of, uh, they exist. Celery there is in our house right now. It's, it's pretty much the, the one thing. So thanks. Thanks. You're very welcome. I hope you picked out a nice uh, antique crystal Victorian era <laughs> celery vase. <laughs> Uh, I, I hope your partner feels better. Uh, it, it's real shitty to feel this way. <sighs> um, all right. You'll get there. You'll get there. Dory felt like garbage. I felt like such garbage. All right. This is from Julia. Hi, Matt and Dory. I'm writing in regarding Matt's concerns about not living near family while raising a little one. Well, where were you earlier when I was literally what I was talking about? Well, she was down here on page nine. Mm. I had my first baby far from family. I had my second living near my husband's parents and siblings. Let me tell you, it is so much better living far away from family. Okay, that's an interesting take. Let's you hear can it. do things the way you want. It's easier to ignore unsolicited advice. And my in-laws are lovely people, but it is honestly more work when they watch our kids. Mm-hmm. We are typically left cleaning up the mess that is a three-year-old <laughs> and an infant that have had too much sugar, no naps, and are way overstimulated. Okay. Paid babysitters are much less hassle. Seriously, though, much like you create a support system when you move to a new city, you also tend to create a parenting support system after you have a kid. In my case, it was existing friends, both with and without kids, other new parents, new mom meetups, and eventually other daycare parents, and a handful of trusted babysitters. You've got this. Thank you. I hope I do have it. You're going to have to become better about asking for help. We'll see. I mean, look, you're talking to someone who, you know, the one time a week we have people come over to help clean the house. I'm up very late at night cleaning the house. Mm. (laughs) So not a big fan of help, but, you know, I like when it happens. So thank you. All right. Where are we? We're at Mary. Uh, Mary says, I've listened from the beginning and finally had something I could not resist writing in about. The Yiddish folk story Dory mentioned at the start of this week's episode is fabulous. Uh, Caldecott award-winning children's book could always be worse is the name of the book. Highly recommend it for every baby library. Oh, look. Look, it's the, it's the house. It's the crowded house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I probably need to order this. Having two mostly work from home adults, an 11 month old and a cat in a three bedroom, 1400 square foot where we were, where you are right now around this time last year, we consolidated into a joint office. Uh, it's working out okay, but to be honest, whoever is working usually leaves the house for a coffee shop or the public library. So regret not using the tiny bedroom for the office and the bigger room for the baby. That's not happening. Uh, 
Best of luck. Uh, well, however, my husband's dozen guitars would not fit in the smaller bedroom, so there we are. Well, I feel you, Mary. Uh, to only have 12. What a dream. <laughs> Best of luck on the rest of your pregnancy. P.S. Don't put too much stock in the breastfeeder busts formula is a miracle. Combining both works best for lots of babies. Uh, whatever Lelisha League tries to say. Lelisha. Sorry. All right. Boom. Next. Thank you for that email, Mary. Dory's going to buy that book now. I put it on her registry. There you go. It's already on the registry. <laughs> um, this is from Beth. Hi, Matt, Dory, and Bo. I'm a longtime listener of the podcast and a new mom. And as I was turning on this morning's episode during my son's morning nap, I thought to myself, I really want to send them a present from their registry. I started browsing while listening and immediately got excited when I saw the Milky Milk Saver. That thing has been the best for me. I've saved bags and bags of breast milk with zero effort using it. So, of course, I immediately went to purchase it for you. Little did I know you had only added it because Annalise had recommended it and wanted to buy it for you herself. So now I feel like a bit of a jerk. Ah. I'm sorry, Annalise, but I'm glad we've both gotten so much use out of so much good use out of this product. And I hope you do, too, Dory. I was also obnoxious and went off registry and sent you another Wubbanub pacifier. We have two, the sea turtle and a moose, and somehow in our son's eight months, we haven't lost either one. Wow. We always keep one in his car seat and one in his crib, which makes it so much easier to keep track of. The little animal resting on his chest was reassuring to him as a newborn and helped keep it in his mouth, and now it is fun for him to grab and hold on to. I'm just going to note that it is not recommended for babies to sleep with wabanubs. If you sleeping with a pacifier, you're only supposed to sleep with a pacifier that's not attached to anything. By the way, I just want to say Dory's Dory's um, sort of uh, I'm not going to call it obsessive, but it seems to be a, a diabolical uh, dedication to all sleep recommendations yep. for baby safety. Yep, I've become fanatical about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Good luck as you continue to nest. My husband and I welcomed our son in May into a 1,200 square foot rental house with one bedroom and a loft upstairs and one bathroom downstairs. Mm. We also did the scramble of cleaning out stuff to make room for the gigantic amount of baby products we acquired. It was really stressful, but I was glad we put in the effort so I felt more prepared. Your registry looks great. We have a lot of the same products and love them. The only other thing that was essential for us was a rock and play. They don't take up a lot of space and provide a super easy way to bring baby room to room or even outside with you or to bring over to friends' houses. Again, rock and plays. Dory has a problem with rock and plays. Well, they're fine if... You just don't want a flattened head. You don't want a flattened head, and they're fine if the baby's awake, but they're not safe for sleep. And it's really easy for the baby to fall asleep in them. So I, I, I'm reluctant to get one because I feel like it's hard to avoid the baby falling asleep in the rock and play. And also, babies love sleeping in rock and plays, and then they get so used to sleeping in the rock and play that it's hard to get them to sleep in the crib or the bassinet. But they're not safe for sleep. Okie dokie. So, that's why I didn't put it on my registry. Okie dokie. Okay. Uh, I could ramble on and on about new mom life, finding balance in your relationship, the struggle to keep up with friends, the exhaustion that comes with being a working mom, but I think your sister said it best. Dory, enjoy the 10s when they come, and just remember when you're at a negative 10, but another 10 is around the corner, or at least like a five. Best wishes for you and your little one, Beth, Drew, and baby Calvin. Uh, also for baby Rig- Rigby, as in Eleanor, says hi to Bo. Big oh. Beatles fans here. Right, over, big Beatles fans over here too. All right. 
we got some more Milky's talk coming. Sure do. Oh, Jory, this is primarily for you. Uh, this is Mickey, Mardigan's mom. Hi, Matt and Bo, you exist too. Um, so I'm calling because I paused the podcast because, and also if it sounds like traffic, I'm walking to work. I hope that doesn't make this too muddy to play. Anyway, whatever. Um, in regard to Milky's, Milky's are great. However, if you are like me, you're going to make too much milk on that other side for the Milky's. They're going to overflow. Uh, solution, the Haka, spelled H-A-A-K-A-A. Um, it holds like four ounces, plus it's got a little suction situation to it, so it actually helps to produce more. It's amazing. I recommend. Uh, okay, bye. These milkies really are... People love the milkies. Coming in strong here. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm going to play another voicemail with another recommendation. Hi, Matt, Dory, and Bo. This is Kelly Wisbrocker. I've emailed in before. I'm the obnoxious one that emails way too much. Uh, so I figured that no this time I'd leave a voice message just to change things up a bit. Uh, I wanted to tell you that I had my first son in September, but I've been a nanny for many years, and actually I bring my son with me um, as I work, and it's a great alternative and uh, kind of the best of both worlds. But I did want to tell you, completely unrelated, my favorite thing that someone told me about was an app called Keepsake. Keepsake is spelled with a Q instead of a any other letter that makes any less sense. And it, it texts you. You can update it on how often you want to do it. And if you do it, I think, three times, it's free. More than that, it costs money. Um, but they send you questions going up to the due date and then questions once the baby's born, and they're really cute, like post a picture of what the house looks like before and, you know, what does the baby look like or things like that. Um it's really cute. I'm not even doing it justice with my description, but I uh, hope you guys look into it and wish you all the best. I'm in Chicago. It's freezing, so hopefully you guys are warmer than me. Bye. It is freezing in Chicago. Yeah, it's been real cold Frost in the Midwest. Frostquakes happening, I've heard. Yeah. Um, keepsake. I'm going to look into this. I, you know, I fear I might be like not good at being a dad who takes pictures. Really? Because I'm a person who does not... Oh, I, wait, honey. Keepsake was on ABC's Shark Tank. Oh, my God. Can you believe it? Who invested? <laughs> uh, I don't... Uh, I often don't even have my phone with me. You know, <laughs> when you think about the the number of pictures that exist from our childhoods, like a normal amount of photos from when we were little was like, you know, however many in a year. What? Like... I don't know. Maybe 50 photos in a year. I don't know. Maybe. And now it's like parents take like 50 photos in a week. So I, I think I think we'll have enough documentation of this child. Yeah. I'm not worried. This could be the time I really get into film. Hey, you know, if you if you want to take pictures of the birth with your nice camera, I wouldn't be mad no, about I'm that. Not taking pictures of your birth? Why not? No. Okay. All the blood and poop. You don't have to take pictures of the blood and the poop. What is this? You can take pictures of like the skin to skin, like the first moments of the baby. What? Oh, no. What? What if I I want to enjoy those moments through my own eyes and not through the screen of an iPhone? Should we ask someone to take pictures? Who? Well, maybe our doula would. I don't know. This is too much to think about. Okay. It's giving me anxiety already. Oh, boy. Everything gives him anxiety these 
these days. I know, it's, it's like too I much. don't know what's going to set much. him off. It's too much. But everything sets him off. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anonymous. Uh, I'm surprised no one has called in and written about it already. If they noticed throughout the time I've listened to the podcast that you constantly complain and worry about not having enough time for everything. And Matt is always gone and overbooked and overcommitted. As we get ready for our baby, we realized that we were going to have to sacrifice some things that took up time uh, once our son came. We weren't nearly as busy as Matt, but there were small things that we didn't even question there were still things. To. Yeah, sorry. Uh, and had to do much less often or hardly ever. Sometimes sad, but the time spent with my son as a family is much more rewarding than anything else I could be doing. I guess my question is, Dory, have you asked Matt to cut some other things out of his life that require his time, like all the podcasts <laughs> and video games, except Yes, she has. Uh, obviously, no relationship is the same, but at the point you realize that the time spent with your son will be much more important than some podcasts and you don't want to spend money. I'm sorry. That's all my brain coming out. I need to do podcasts to make money so that my son can have a job. And by have a job, I mean live a life. Oh, God. Uh, I'm going to take over. Please. Uh, realize that time spent with your new son will be much more important than some podcasts and you won't want to spend time away from him or maybe you will. What do I know? But as a working mom, I can't wait until I have free time to spend with my son, especially with my husband there and anything that isn't mandatory gets thrown to the side. So maybe cut out some of the weekend commitments now to have more time to prepare your home and then it won't be so hard once the baby comes to miss those other things you used to do. Mm-hmm. And please don't think that my life revolves around my son because I still go for runs, work out, take dogs for walks, meet up with friends, just a tighter schedule now. That's all. Maybe it's not as easy as I think and you can tell me to mind my own business, but just my two sons. Keep up the good work, whatever you end up deciding to do. Best, Anonymous in Massachusetts. Mm. What do you think about that? I mean, I think that she really hit a nerve. I don't do podcasts for free, everybody. That's just, just, just so we know that. I don't do them because I cannot, you know, it's not like I can't wait to sit with Andy Secunda for three hours. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, that one, actually, we only have one advertiser and they don't pay very much, but that one now I feel obligated to the fans. Um, yeah, I don't know. Look, I podcasts are there. There, podcasts are my are my emergency slush fund. I.e., if I don't have a job, I will figure out a way to survive just on podcasts. And I, but I need to keep them going in order to continue to have that option. I don't know why I'm looking directly at you while I'm saying this. All right, anonymous. Anyway, thanks for the email. Hmm. All right, I'm gonna play voicemail. Rad Dad Redemption. I'll play that. Matt and Dory and Bo and Baby. Um, it's Narantha calling again. Mm-hmm. Um, I left you guys that voicemail a couple weeks ago about how my boyfriend plays Red Dead Redemption and I always tell him to make Arthur take a bath jokes on him because now I've made my own profile on the PS4 and uh, I get to take my Arthur to the hotel whenever I want. Um, anyways, we're thinking about moving to Southern California, and my boyfriend uh, jokingly said that he wanted to ask Matt to start a Red Dead Redemption podcast with him, which got me thinking, if Matt starts the new dad podcast, 
I've got a great concept for you. Mm-hmm. Rad Dad Redemption. You sit down with it. other new dads. You talk about Red Dead. You talk about your babies. Um, I don't know. Let me know what you think. All right. I hope you guys are doing well. Bye. I don't hate the idea. It's a good name, too, for podcasts. Quick, get it. We'll get back to you on that. <laughs> Uh, thanks, Narantha. We talked about her move on the Patreon, one of the Patreon episodes. That's true. We told her not to, uh, live that far away. Yeah. She was like, I'm thinking about a job in Irvine. Should I live in Los Angeles? And we were like, nope. Maybe she doesn't want people to know that who aren't on the, who aren't eggheads. Sorry. Who aren't real eggheads on the Patreon. Whoops. Sorry. Narantha, sorry Dory's blowing up your spot here. Okay. Uh, this last question is from Nancy. Finally pause the pod to ask what kind of muzzle did you get for Bo? Mm-hmm. Uh, we got him a basket muzzle. A basker. Basket. Isn't it Baskerville? A Baskerville basket muzzle? Isn't that what it is? I always thought it was a Baskerville to go off of the hounds of Baskerville. Yeah, it's a oh it's a Baskerville basket dog muzzle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is what we got him. We got him size four or five. Just whatever. Measure your dog. Don't remember. Me- yeah, measure your dog. Don't get it the same size as Bo if you have a tiny dog. Yeah. Cause and get it bigger than Bo, Bo if you has have a big, big dog. Big snout. The first one we got didn't fit his snout that well, so we ended up getting him a different one. So you might have to try a couple different muzzles before you find the one that actually fits your yeah, dog. Yeah, and this was after recommendation from our vet. Yeah. So, yeah, look at that. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Great email. Uh, lots of support this week from emailers who are emailing. If you, if you Look, if you can't afford to support the podcast on Patreon, nice way to support the podcast is by emailing in a question. Uh, but if you want to get more episodes of this podcast, you can do so by joining our Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure. And one of the benefits of being a $5 or above member is that we will read your name on the podcast every week, uh, throughout the month. We'll cycle through all the names. So we'll do a quarter of the names every episode. Here we go. Diane M. Martin. Thank you. Carolyn Land. You're crushing it. Frederick Roy. You're dominating right now. Uh, Greg Watchhorn, Crushing uh, Life. Uh, Jennifer H.S., you are just the best high school. Judy, Crushing. (laughs) Lauren Gleason, digging it. Melody Baltazar is back in action. Tara McElfresh is here. Tyler Rosewood, how are you? Uh, And Karen (laughs) Thickhershey is here. Abba N. also. Uh, Alan L. uh, joins us. Uh, Alec Meredith and Fletcher Babe. A babble. Boy, oh boy. Uh, Allison Dean, Alyssa Stokes, Allie Morin, Amanda Lighty, Amy, Amy Giles, Amy Sharon, Andrew McCarroll, Andy Pavlik, Angel Rivera III, Old School, Angie James, Ann K. Lee, Ann Real, Anonymous, 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 April Cherry, uh, Ariana Perry, Arthur Finley, Ashley, Cicely, Lee, Ashley Meller, Audrey Watson, Aurora, and Zelda. They are science twins. Becca Foster, Ben, he's got a PhD. Brett Jarrett, Brittany Bonanza, Bruno Macias, Sir Machias, CJ, Captain Velvet Thunder, Carly Moore, Carolyn N., 
we got a Kathy Hill, a Chinami Worth, a Chris Dibel, a Christina Turner, a Christine M, a Christy Meggs, a Danielle Kohler, Daphne Powers, Darlene Estrema. It's all in caps. Uh, Diffy Plumes or Plums, Elizabeth Ann, Elizabeth Gerardo or Gerardo, Emily McNaughton, Erica Brown, Aaron Gudge, Aaron Turley, Evelyn Schmevelin, Greta Truitt, Hannah Crowder, Harriet Ware, Heather Nelson, Helen R.B., Hooten Waddle, Jack Woodyard, James Feigl, James Gilly, and of course, Jane Callahan. Thank you all so much. I'll see you out on the open trails. Don't forget to bathe your Arthurs and hit your horses. <laughs> this has been Rad Dad Redemption. That's how you would end that podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't hate it. Okay. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again real soon. And by real soon, we mean in one week. Bye. Let's go.